Welcome to Excel Leadership, an organization devoted to navigating enterprise on the high seas. Core values, core leadership, and core training. Dr. Bill Purvis is the leader of one of America's megachurches, a highly sought-after motivational speaker, and founder and CEO of Excel Leadership. Businesses and industries today spend enormous amounts of money on training and wonder why they aren't seeing the results of these expenditures. Excel Leadership delivers results. Excel Leadership challenges you to grow in your personal life, leadership skills, and alignment of core values to achieve your maximum potential. Let's listen in as Bill speaks to a live audience of people just like you who are eager to grow in their leadership skills. You know, we've heard mentor in the last three years until I'm kind of like, uh, okay, I'm going to choke one more mentor thing. But I understand what it's about. We've always had them. The mentor being the person that, uh, that makes an influence in your life. And if you can pick the people to influence in the right way, I promise you, it's one of the big things that helps you to, to progress faster and, and move a little further. And so I've, we've got a box there where I mentioned keep your heroes close to home. That is, look at the people that you know the best and you trust. The people that I want to mentor, mentor me are going to be people that I can see them up close and personal. I, I don't know about the guys in California, the guys in Texas. I don't know those people. If I don't know them, I'm not going to necessarily trust them. But if I know them and I trust them and they're up close, I, I can follow those kind of people. So I know it's more than just words. We mentioned in your intro this, mentors can show you the ropes. They give you clear ideas about the road you're about to travel and share educational war stories. A good mentor also gives constructive criticism, while a good protege listens, learns, and ultimately benefits from it. I think if you look at your life, you're going to learn this, that all of us have been mentored. Uh, I was with Excel Company. Excel is my primary source of income and does well, and God's blessed me. But I remember going to the guy that was number one in the nation, sitting with him, and we just, we, we'd had a friendship, and I said, uh, I said, how do I do this? Because I'm being invited too much to these business deals. How do I do this? And here's a guy that instead of saying, hey, that's my market, I'm afraid of it. He said, I said, Bill, you need to call this person, call this person. Call, and he named the people. And I said, those are the people you use. He said, yeah. And, and he said, look, you're not going to hurt me. He said, you can't hurt me. And he pointed around. He said, I got the skybox over there at the Georgia Dome. And I got this custom seat we're sitting in here at the Braves. And he said, I've got it all. He said, you can't hurt me. I'm trying to help you. And rarely do you find people that really want to help you. They all want to possess it. And I came back and thought, well, it's got to be a trick. Nobody really is going to, going to give you that much info. And sure enough, he helped me. Took me years ahead of where the plan was to be. And in 10 years, I got there in about two, all because somebody was willing to say, I'll, I'll mentor you here. And through the whole process, it's guided. Same thing with church growth. When I came into a church, I made friends with people that pastored churches that they knew what to do. And I learned from them. And by learning from them, they helped me to, to learn something that I learned as a, as a 16-year-old boy. When I was 16 years of age, after football practice, me and a bunch of boys started doing some stuff until my dad found out. We started going down to the pool hall and playing pool. And I could win some money playing pool. I mean, I, I, in that little town, I knew how to do it. There was an old man there. His name was Slick. It wasn't Slick just for nothing. Somebody called him Slick because he was Slick. And Slick had his own stick and all the other stuff, and Slick could take your wallet anytime he wanted. But one day, Slick put his arm around me, and he said, Billy, let me teach you something. He said, always go to school on another man's shot. And, and that day, the light came on. From 16 years of age to this day, I, I learned that lesson. Going to school on another man's shot means just watch what he does. If he does something and it's bad, don't do it. If he does something and it's good, do it. Go to school on another man's shot. You won't live long enough to make all the mistakes in life for yourself. So learn from other people. 
And, and, and success leaves footprints. Follow what they do. Now, I say that because of this, and this will be what I, what I say in the last word before I get down, uh, before I open up number one and then we'll zip through. About uh, six years ago, I was with a guy that was very successful. We were spending some time together, and, and I said, I need to know how to get to a certain place, but I don't, I don't have anybody that knows how to do that. I said, everybody can talk it, but I don't know anybody that knows how to get there. And I said, and, and you're the only guy that I know that has done that successfully. And, and he started laughing. He said, Bill, you're doing what I did. He said, I got here because I did this, and he named what it was. He said, let me explain something to you. He said, if you want to make a million dollars, talk to people that make a million dollars. He said, if the guy don't have a million, don't talk to him. He can't tell you how to make a million. If he knew how, he'd be doing it, you know. He said, you got to learn something, Bill. He said, just figure out real quickly that everybody's an expert in some area. Now, your hairstylist, he said, if they're a good hairstylist, go to them for your hair. But don't ask them about any other field because they don't know it. He said, your car salesman, he knows about cars. He said, why would you go to your hairstylist about cars and your car salesman about hair? He said, but the average American does that. He said, I made a million dollars in two years when I decided to do something. He said, I put in my life about four guys that were making good money. And he said, when I put in my life those guys and asked them what to do, he said, it was amazing how easy it became. And so he taught me some principles in those days that to this day I'm grateful for. And it really does make sense. Find the person who's done it, who is doing it, and go to them. When you do that, you make a world of difference. But otherwise, you'll spend 20 years flying around, trying to figure out, and there are hundreds of books on it. You ever read all the books on leadership that's written by non-leaders? And so there are hundreds of people that will tell you how, but they hadn't done it. The question is, have they done it? And if, they, if they've done it, there's something innate about them that they can show you how to do it, and that's who you trust. Now, having said that, here we go. Number one, when choosing a mentor, and we all want to choose them, when choosing a mentor, number one, know what you want. The biggest problem a lot of people have is they don't know what they want. They all got a case of the want-tos, but don't know what they want. It's like when you're hungry, you go stand in front of your refrigerator, you're standing there staring, and somebody says, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm hungry. What you want? I don't know. And, 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 and there are a lot of people going through the, the, the journey of life. I don't know what I want. And, and, and they also, those are the kind of people, by the way, that Walmart's made a fortune off of. You know that? You go into Walmart, Walmart tells you this. Okay, we offer low prices. Go over there, buy your hammer and nail. We say, I got to go buy a hammer and nail. I'm going over to Walmart. Well, we get to Walmart, and suddenly on every aisle, I need that. I need that. I need that. And before you know, you got a buggy full of stuff that you didn't have on your list. You know why? Because they knew that most people don't know what they want. And, and, and when they don't know what they want, then chances are they'll almost buy anything. My wife and I were laughing about a Christmas present last year. We were having a bunch of people in, and there's a particular relative of mine that was coming in, and we said, oh, man, we forgot him. We didn't know it. Nobody got him on the list. So I turned to my brother-in-law, who's, who's very successful and very honed in. He, he, don't, he don't mind. He'll hurt your feelings and won't think twice about it. And so I said, I said, go with me. Let's go buy him a Christmas gift. Well, we go wheeling into a store. Walk in. And he said, do you have so-and-so? And he named it. And the lady said, no, we don't have that. And he said, okay. And we start to walk out. She said, but I've got, and, and he just kept walking. And she said, excuse me, sir, but I've got, and he said, but I've got ain't good enough. We walked out the door. <laughs> I love him because he knows what he wants in life. You got to know what you want. If, if you, of the other seven I'll give you, you know what will change your life more than anything else? Just number one. If you figure out right now, I'm going to stop and figure out 
What do I want in life? Here's what you'll find about high-level leaders. Don't ever talk to a high-level leader unless you know what you want. You're wasting their time. You never go to them until you have clearly, this is what I want. And, and if you go and you don't know, they don't want people who, who haven't figured that out yet. So that's the number one of all, if I'm picking it out. That, that'll direct me in the right direction. Okay, number two, be willing. One of the most important jobs for mentors is to critique your work, so you've got to be receptive. Uh, people get defensive sometimes when the work's critiqued. They'll see it in this attack. What you've got to do there is be willing when you get somebody that you say, I want you to enter into my life, and you have the right to really get, get, get down with me. I had a friend that about a year ago told me that. He said, Bill, I, I'd give you any permission anywhere. I said, no, you wouldn't. And we were laughing. There's four or five of us in the car. No, no, Bill, you don't know. I trust you, but I'd give you my life. I'd jump in front of a car for you, anything you want. And everybody was, yeah, Bill, that's what you just tell us. And I said, what if I told you your kids were ugly? Would you love me? He said, well, no, I, you want to give me total honesty in your life, and yet you're telling me you can't. I said, you know, that's what I'm asking for. And, and I said, now, you need to go find somebody else to mentor you. He's a nice guy. I'm not going to waste my time trying to mentor somebody that I know in the end is really just saying I want to associate, but I don't really want to grow. Now, I wouldn't dare tell him his kids are ugly, you know. But at the same time, you've got to be so willing that if you want somebody to mentor you that, that they'll get almost that close. You've got to be so willing that somebody will say to you, look, you, you need to stay out of that field. You're just horrible at it. You're no good at it, but let's put you over here. And many people... They want, they want the privileges without the pain that it takes to get there. They, they want all the blessings. They want, what they, say, they want what you've earned, but not what you learned. You know, they, they, they love that section of it. But there's a price to be paid, so the key is going to be, if I find my mentor, I've got to be willing. And that willingness is going to mean how deep can I let them cut. Number three is be respectful of your mentor's time. If you choose a mentor, you don't need to see them every week. Uh, it may be only once a year, twice a year. There, there are about two people I have in my life that, that really once a year is good enough. Now, that once a year is enough. What they give in five minutes and once a year, I'll spend the whole year working on. So that's okay. But I know that I need that little bit of time in there, and I'm not going to call them for every little trivial thing. Uh, number four is stay in bounds. Understand this. If you pick a mentor, and it's wonderful if you get into one. It's wonderful if you have someone that, that does it for you. Uh, mentoring relationships, nothing but professional. You got to understand that. You don't bring into that all your personal problems. You know, you don't find somebody that you say, this person can help me be a better salesperson or a better manager or a better, uh, a better uh, husband or a better wife. This person can help me in those areas. You don't bring them in and then all of a sudden unload all this emotional baggage. They're not a therapist and they'll, they'll scatter on you quick. Number five, be sincere. Best lesson I ever did one time was called, uh, was called How to Tell the Difference Between a Player and a Pretender. Best lesson I ever did. John Maxwell bought it from me, and to this day, I get a royalty from that on a regular basis from all the people that buy that one tape. And, and recently, I went to his last taping of the Enjoy Life Club, and he stood and said, number one selling tape I ever sold in my life was called How to Tell the Difference Between a Player and a Pretender. He said, Bill Purvis gave me the lesson. And, uh, and, and he's right. I learned that. Early on, I, you know what I do? I fake sometimes when I shouldn't because I can, I can spot a fake that quick. That, it, it is the easiest thing. And I can spot somebody that's a player that quick. That's just the easiest thing. And I'll sometimes let the fake feel good about himself, and I won't call it. 
But I guarantee you, I can tell you in this room, if I can, if I can just catch your eyes, cause I can tell you in this room who makes it, who doesn't. It's the freakiest thing. I don't understand it, but I know it. It's so scary, you won't get close to me if you figure out I know it. You understand? You won't do it. I can tell you when a guy's dealing with pornography. I can tell you when a guy's having affairs. I can tell you when a guy's molesting kids. I can tell you when a guy's stealing from his company. I can tell you when a guy is doing everything right, but he's under health problems. It's the freaky. I don't know where it comes from. It's just a gift. But it literally can happen over and over. My dad used to tell me, he said, I want you to be in the room when I hire these guys. And I'd sit in the room with him, and I didn't know what he wanted. He'd say, what'd you read? I'd say, Daddy, that, that guy right there is stealing. Nah, he ain't stealing. That's the most ethical guy we got. Okay, you asked me. Two months later, he'd come, Bill, how'd you do that? He was stealing. He used to tell me early on, he'd say, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like you can see the soul. This is before I was a Christian. Since becoming a Christian, it even sometimes does a little, little, little number on me. But I know this. You can learn some of that. Some of that's a gift, but some of it can be learned. And, and, and some of it is the older you get, the longer you're there. There's only about eight personalities in the world, you know. So, so you learn after a while, you'll see that one coming. Different body, but same person, you know. You ever hire somebody, you say, are you, are you you're working with somebody, and you say, look, that's going to be just like that one, you know. And, and it may look different, and it may quack different, and it may waddle different, but that's the same duck, you know. And, and you just know, well, that's going to have some of this experience, okay? Some of this, you know, good baseball players, they can hit off all the guys because they've seen that ball when it's released before, and they know when it's coming. This is where it's going to go. And, and so when you're dealing with a mentor, be very sincere. Tell them honestly. Don't, don't, don't lie to them. Tell them honestly. I'm not good here, but I'm good over here. I struggle here. Over here in this area, I'm tracking pretty well. Number six, be committed. Now, if I've got a mentor in my life, that means always keep my appointments, be committed in the learning process. They ask you to read something or study something or listen to something, be committed to it. That word commitment's a great word. It really, it really means be wholeheartedly uh, relying upon. It's a picture of, of when you jump out of an airplane and you're holding onto a parachute. You don't have anything else to hold you but those, those straps. And, and being committed in a relationship means I'm there, I'm in here, I'm engaged, no matter what it takes, I, I'm in this. I made a financial investment with a guy a couple of years ago, and he and I put some money into a certain thing, and when we got into it, it, it started getting shaky. And, and he kept coming, oh, we got to get our money out. Got to get our money out. Nope, staying in. I said, I'm committed to this. No, no, and finally he pulled his money out and left me in there. And, and you know what his last words were? Oh, I'm telling you what, you're going under. That's stupid. Now, I may not have been totally the smartest guy on the block, but I was committed. My word was committed, and I'd already promised him I was committed. A year later, when it turned around and made like five times more, now, you know what happened? He won't even speak to me. I didn't do it. It wasn't my fault. But you know what happened? He was half committed. And, and I'm telling you, there's something about being totally committed to something that will bring you further down the field than the person that's not. You know what Deion Sanders did that made football so exciting? And this is from the words of Bobby Bowden. We had him over here at our wild game dinner, and I said, who's the best players you ever had? He said, oh, a bunch of them. He said, one of them was that guy that went off into professional wrestling. He said, he's an unbelievable player, 100% committed. He said, but Dion, while talented and balanced, he said, what got him through was his commitment. He said, Dion had this belief that that's my ball. And he'd go out there with the idea of, what do y'all do and play with my ball? If that ball gets in the air, give me my ball back. And he said, Dion had that attitude, that's my ball. And, and I heard him say that, and I thought, isn't that crazy? Then he verbalized it. Remember that when he came back playing for Dallas and they played in Atlanta? And they'd built the stadium when he was in Atlanta, and he stood up and screamed out, and he said, that's my house. I built this house. And I said, Coach Bowden was right. 
Dion went in totally committed, 100% passionate, and that was a big difference he made. Give yourself 100% to it. I tell you that in marriage, your job, whatever. I, I promise you this, just in thought. Scott mentioned that, that he's got all these guys making 100,000 that work under him. I guarantee you every one of those is committed. The, the difference between the ones that's making 100,000 and the ones not is the commitment level. You know, it's not the magic. It, it's the ones in there pour, pouring everything into it. And so that commitment level is what all of us have an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going after this. Number seven, never surrender control. Now, <clears throat> understand this. When you've got a mentor, somebody in your life you're guiding or somebody that you're guiding them, what you want is out of them. You want them to allow you to guide them if they're working for you or they're asking you to mentor them. But they, you don't want to make every decision for them. They'll never learn if you do. They'll become codependent on you. You want to grow them. You want them to really do better than you. If you're under a mentor, don't, don't give them everything. Make certain that while you're totally committed to the process, you want to grow. In the end, there's always a place where you say, and I've got to know, does this resonate with me, with my values? And, and if your values are connected with what they're teaching you, you can go a long ways. If ever this connects, I left a mentor one time. I left a guy one time that was very smart, taught me a lot in a lot of areas, but in the moral area, he wasn't together. In fact, he couldn't figure out who his wife was. And, and so every time I turn around, he's sleeping with somebody else, you know. And, and, and I learned, as much. people say, why do you run with him? I ran with him because he was helping me in one area of my life in a great way. But there came a time that I got all I could there, and I realized the longer I stay with him, the more I'm liable to start thinking less here, too. And so I broke from him. But I didn't break from him without telling him. And I made it clear to him, the reason that we're not together anymore is because of. And you know what he said? You're missing all the fun. Well, I may be, but after I think he's paid about four, four attorneys for four different settlements, somehow he's making about a fourth of what he used to make. And uh, that doesn't sound fun to me. But so you don't surrender total control. And the number eight is this. If I'm going to have a mentor, if you're going to know if they're any good, you'll know this. Establish measures for progress. How will you know if you've reached your goals if you don't set any? So you need, to, you need to set out and say, okay, if I work with this person or I learn from this person, then let's see what it does to my, to my sales or to my business. If you're in sales in this room, what I encourage you to do is this. Find somebody who is in sales and, uh, and somebody's really doing it. Now, I mean this, you know, I, I, I said, if I was selling houses, Keith and Mary Williams would hear from me. They're those spouses selling houses, and they know how to sell it. I would never be threatened by jealous of. I mean, I have that attitude like, uh, you remember Avis Car Rental? Aren't they awesome? They, Hertz is number one, Avis number two. You know what Avis said? They said, we don't knock Hertz. We just try harder. And, and so you always want somebody up there. But I would sit down with them. I'd say, tell me what works. When's a good time to sell? When's a good time not to? When do you know that, that this is the right deal? And, and I would ask them everything. I would learn as much as I could. I would go to school on their shot. If I were in car sales, I'd go to one of you guys in car sales. How do you move that many cars? And I would ask those questions. In banking or whatever business, go to the people that's doing it. That's the one you want. Go to the people that's doing it and let them teach you off their experience and their shot. And you will be amazed at how much easier it becomes. But our tendency is we see somebody who's doing well and we say, oh, they're lucky. Or, you know, I don't want to get to know them or they must not do it right. And we... Instead, we build all these walls and barriers and get jealous, and we gripe about those that are succeeding rather than learning from. 
And I think the greatest way to do it, and here's the part that I would tell you in this, and I say it in this area, and those of you listening by way of, of CD and other parts of the country, it may not apply there like it does here, but here's what you'll learn. There is a culture in every, in every organization and in every city, and there's a culture in this city, and, and the culture in this city would rather go hear an expert from Atlanta or Dallas or Chicago. And, and, and the danger of that is whatever they learn that may be good, but it doesn't quite work like it would somebody who's succeeding in that culture. You need to go to that culture and find out who in that culture is making it work. And, and if you can find how to make it that, see, everybody's ground's different. So if the ground is this particular way and somebody's planting a harvest that's growing, I can learn what to plant from the person who's doing it successfully in that ground. And one of the big dangers is we go so far around the world because we don't want to just admit somebody's doing it a little bit better or faster right down the street, and I can learn from them how to do it better. If I'll do that, I promise you, in the end, we all win. And people that are comfortable with success, they don't mind sharing it. They really don't. My wife used to have a saying about men. She said, oh, men love to be able to teach. She said, they love it. She said, you ask a man how to, how to help you with that. She said, he'll, he'll help you, and, and, and they will. And I think one of the dangers is sometimes that we're afraid to ask. And if we ask, might be amazed at how quick we get there. So I hope you'll take that goal of, okay, I want to find some mentors in my life. And, and you may say, well, what areas would I be? I would tell you this. Find somebody that's doing it right in the home and, and, and let them mentor you. When we first got married, we went to a couple that had a great marriage. And they began to teach us and guide us and help us. And we learned from them how to have a better marriage. When, uh, when I wanted an education, I went to the guy that was one of the smartest guys I knew and said, okay, help direct my life. When I wanted to in preaching and communication, I went to another person that knew how to communicate and said, okay, you just help me and hone and direct and correct. And, and, and in every area, when it came to finances, how do I get ahead financially? I went to people that knew how to make money. And in every area, I said, okay, let's bring a mentor in for that and let that mentor at that time and that part of the journey give the guidance. And every one of you can find a place to do it. If you'll do that, I promise you, you'll see those areas of your life go up. And in the end, for that little bit of investment, you get a huge return. And so I hope you'll do that, okay? If you are listening to a borrowed copy of this lesson, consider becoming an Excel Leadership member. Visit our website at www.excel-leadership.com. That's xcel-leadership.com or call 1-800-474-9235. Each month, you'll receive an audio lesson, informative lesson outlines, an attractive library-quality storage binder to organize your material, plus an opportunity to purchase Excel Leadership Mentoring Tools at a discount. Don't miss out on future lessons. Contact Excel Leadership today at www.excel-leadership.com. Excel Leadership, providing you with professional leadership training.